Hello and welcome to the podcast. You're listening to Be Uncluttered. I'm Rebecca Mazzino and with me is Tara Tuttle and together we are going to help you on your journey to a life free of clutter. So welcome and today we are talking about one of my favourite things, that is Christmas. Merry Christmas. It's a festive season. (laughs) <laughs> it's a little bit early when we're recording this, but you are still incredibly excited. Yes. It starts about the beginning of November for me. I think it harks back to when I grew up in Adelaide and the Christmas pageant was always on at the start of November mm. and it was like, right, that's it. That's the official beginning of Christmas. Yeah. Well, we've even forgotten when the pageant was on this year. It's what happens when your kids grow up. Um, but I went, oh, my goodness, it's the start of November and it's pageant time. So it. yeah, it's that it's that time. I um I didn't grow up in Adelaide, so the first time I ever went to the Christmas pageant, I was actually in it, which was really weird because on I purpose? worked for yeah. <laughs> you on didn't purpose. just drive into town and start walking along next to the floats. <laughs> and just fall out accident. Oops, sorry, trying to cross the road. Uh, no, I um I was in it because I was working at the credit union, oh, and they yeah. when they took over from John Martin's. I was working there and so we got to be in the pageant. So I was in it. I've been in it for several years and Zoe was in it. Zoe was on the nipper float and, um, yeah, we've, it's been fun. Mick was always a clown. He was a clown for years over and over and over again. Clowning was his favourite thing to do. There was too much running in clowning for me so I never did it. I was I'm not fit enough. <laughs> it's like there is a lot of walking. He would yeah. end up doing like two laps of the pageant. He would just sort of go rogue and just keep running because he just loved it so much. Um, but I had to stay on my float so I, I couldn't go rogue. But, yeah, I was a sea nymph and a Christmas, um, Christmas present fairy and all sorts of different things. Oh, cool. That sounds fun. Well, that's why I think I'm, I always get into Christmas mode early. Mm. I love it. So hopefully we're going to help you guys out this week with all your Christmas drama and next week as well. We're going to break it down and today we're going to talk about clutter-free gift giving and then next week we're going to talk about all other manner of Christmas clutter and talk about, you know, food and packaging and broken decorations and all that other stuff. <laughs> oh, yeah, we should talk next week as well about packing up after Christmas. Yeah. Because that's sort of something that we need to, that helps you for the following Christmas too. Mm-hmm. So today it's it's gift giving and Tara, confession time, you told me this before and you confessed to me this little secret of yours and so now you have to tell everybody else. <laughs> I okay, so we're recording this in the middle of November and I have finished my Christmas shopping. It is all wrapped, <laughs> it is all tagged, it is all ready to go. I'm all You're organized. a Christmas nerd. Yeah. Yeah, I am. I've I don't know. I've, this is just the way the way I roll. And part of it is I'm just organized, but also part of it is that I when people give me a hint of something they need or something they will use. I will go and get that straight away. So a friend had mentioned back in July that she just had a facial at a day spa for her birthday and that she loved it and couldn't wait to go back. So then I will go and get her a facial for Chris, a voucher for Christmas for that same day mm-hmm. spa because I know she loved it and I know she'll use it. And if I don't do it then, it'll get to December and I'll think, oh, what do I get her? I can't remember. What was it what again? Yeah. 
Yeah. So yeah. part of me shops in advance while it's kind of fresh in my mind. But there is a, there is a downside to being this organised. My eight-year-old on the weekend said, Mum, I've decided what to put on my wish list for Santa. And I thought, ooh, <laughs> I hope Santa hasn't already bought everything. And <laughs> she, although she her request was for a hoverboard, so I was like, I, I'm not sure that Santa can get hold of them. I'm pretty sure they were all recalled last year. So, but my backup plan is always if there's something that the kids really want from Santa and Santa's really completed his shopping, then uh, sometimes the family, the extra family will step in when they ask what the kids want. So sometimes yeah. there's a plan B. Yeah, especially when, yeah, if they haven't already bought all the presents and they're not as, as onto it or as quick as you are, then they probably still uh, haven't got presents in the last couple of weeks. So it is a good backup plan. When you said hoverboard, I immediately, because I'm such a geek, thought of the one in um, Back to the Future. <laughs> and then when you said they've been recalled, I went, oh, she meant a real thing. Because <laughs> I would like yeah. a hoverboard, like, but I want one of the Back to the Future ones. But, yeah, I don't yeah. think they're as cool okay. as that. Plus they were all exploding <laughs> and stuff. Last Christmas, I remember, people bought them oh. and they were setting fire to houses and stuff. <laughs> Oh, so, I think they had to work on the tech a bit more. Yeah, probably. Anyway, a hoverboard is way out of Santa's budget, even if they're <laughs> back on sale. So, sorry. Yeah. Um, yep. What about you? Are you are you an organised Christmas gift buyer? Um, mostly. I usually get it all done by the start of December. Not quite as, as soon as you, but but I do start collecting things early. I've already got a few things hidden away for the kids from when I've sort of spotted stuff or when, like you, when someone said, oh, I wouldn't mind one of those or, hey, I really need this. So I try to do things early, but there are some times where I, you know, do leave the old one till the last minute. But most of the time, you know, a week before, I've got still only got one gift to get or none or sticky tape because, you know, that I'll always run out of sticky tape on Christmas Eve. So that's um that's where I fall apart, <laughs> things like yeah. that, the logistics of it all. But the the whole idea of collecting things early trips me up in a different way to you. And that's because what I do is collect a few things and I forget to tell Mick and then we kind of get together right before Christmas and I'll say to him, this is what I've got for the kids. And then he'll go, oh, well, this is what I've got for the kids. And then when we put it all together, we're like, oh, whoops, we didn't really, we didn't plan this very well, did we? And it's usually a little bit overboard. So yesterday we were actually just discussing Christmas presents and I said we need to get together early this year and pull our presents early so that we know what we've got and we don't overdo it by accident. Sounds good. So we're talking about... Christmas presents because Beck and I are both Christmas people and celebrate Christmas and give gifts. But firstly, I guess this idea of gift giving and the information we're going to talk about is relevant across any gift giving season or celebration. Mm. Um, it can be relevant relevant for birthdays or any other religious type of ceremony where you might give gifts. And so we're not assuming that all of our listeners are people that celebrate Christmas. So if you want to apply the information to the celebrations that you're involved with, then that would be great. And also feel free to email us or contact us through social media and let us know if there's other specific gift-giving times that you need more direction on or more advice on, and we'd be happy to discuss them on another episode too. We always need stuff to talk about. 
So the whole gift giving thing is a bit problematic in a few different ways because we do get this, there is the phenomenon of the unwanted gift. We do have the experience of being overwhelmed at Christmas time by the amount of stuff that comes into our homes. And a lot of that stuff that comes in can be unwanted. Yeah, I think we're we're living in this society now where there's not a lot of stuff that we need. If we want things these days, especially with the dawn of credit, no one really saves up or or plans to get them in future. You go and buy what you need now, and quite often you go and buy what even what you don't need now. Mm. And so if we looked around ourselves, there's not a lot of stuff that we're actually needing or wanting for anymore. Mm, And so then people still feel the need to give gifts as a way of celebrating an occasion or showing you that they care. But a lot of the time it's just excess. And when we're all trying to live more intentionally, simplify, keep our houses a bit tidier and not so overwhelming, then we quite often come home from celebrations with another box full of stuff. And it's like, here, Merry Christmas. I've just set you yeah. back on your decluttering journey by a month. Good luck. Yeah. <laughs> Happy Christmas. Yeah, it's, exactly. And, and and we do, with the whole, like, like you said, the whole idea of being in control of our space is acquiring intentionally. And when we received gifts, it's almost always unintentional and we can change that like we can definitely change that and so that's what we're going to be talking about today is how do we change it so that our focus is you know less on giving for the sake of giving and more on giving something of value not and not financial value necessarily that's right and i had or my husband and i've had discussions with our families over the years about cutting out gift giving, especially with the adults. And our tradition now is more that the aunts and uncles give to the nieces and nephews. So the kids still receive on Christmas, but there's no real gift giving between the adults. Mm-hmm. And that conversation to start with was a, bit, was a bit tricky to embark on because some people really get into it and really love it. And that's great. Oh, yeah. And you don't want to you don't want to squash their love of the season. But at the same time, you know, you've got you've got to get people on the same page with you and about, you know, what you're trying to achieve in terms of living simply or living intentionally and not mm. taking home a whole lot of clutter. So we had these conversations and decided that instead of buying for the adults, we will gift each other our time and then we would the money that we might have spent on gifts, we would put into some lovely wine to drink or a meal mm. out or you know, maybe go away for a day or two together and that kind of thing. And we would spend that money uh, or trade that money for time, I guess. And then we all come home with our cups full, like our mental cups full, because we've had a lovely experience with people. No, we haven't come home with a bootload of stuff that we now have to find a place for in our houses. Yep. Yep, exactly. And it is a difficult conversation to have. And some people are very attached to giving gifts and they can be very difficult to dissuade. I found an article recently on, and I shared it on Facebook and we'll put it in our show notes, but it was, it's a really quite hard hitting article about what the gift giving culture is doing to our environment. And 
it's the, the statistics are staggering. In researching a film, The Story of Stuff, Annie Leonard discovered that of the materials flowing through the consumer economy, only 1% remain in use six months after sale. And that's just, like, if you think about the stuff that comes into your house and all of the stuff that's that people are using, that's only 1% of the stuff that's actually being produced and flowing through and using using natural resources to produce and then ultimately going into landfill or having to have other resources being used up in order to recycle them and things like that. So it's just, I I just couldn't believe that that statistic. That was incredible. Yeah, I think, and it talks about that those things that are bought into the house and that we expect to hold on to, they're on their way out of the house or not being used in six months either because they're breaking Mm. Um, which shows that, you know, quality isn't always there or they've become unfashionable. And it's like, that. are we um, mad? Like, yeah, no, right. Yeah, it's a bit mind-blowing really when you when you think of it like that. That whole fast fashion thing has, it's gone from the, your wardrobe to homewares as well. And that's, that's another thing that really kind of bothers me. This, this whole Kmart obsession is, blows me away. I'm, I'm, I can rant about that for hours, so I'm not even going to start because you won't be able to shut me up. But, you know, the amount of resources that we're using just to have the latest thing can really be, it's it's just staggering. One thing in that article too that I really liked or was I found quite hard-hitting was the purchasing of novelty items as gifts. Mm. And they talk about all these things and it's like, oh, yes, I've been there. I've been the recipient of that, but also I've purchased these things as well. Those things that you buy, put under the tree and someone gets a couple of seconds of giggle out of it and mm. that's it. They don't actually like the giant blow-up hammer. Like no one actually uses those things and you might have a laugh and then it goes back under the tree and then a week a week later it's in the bin. And yeah. there is so many novelty items out there especially around Christmas time that people buy for a laugh, especially, you know, there's always that uncle that you don't know what to get. So you get him at something novelty, he gets a Mm. laugh and then it gets thrown out and you think we could do so much better. Yeah. So if if you're struggling to have that conversation with your family about cutting down gift giving, have a look in our show notes and get a copy of the article and that might be enough to to start the conversation with some of your family members. Especially if if they're environmentally aware at all because there are some stats in here that we're just not aware of. You know, we're we're always sort of worrying about carbon emissions from our cars and stuff like that. But another statistic in this article says that um, manufacturing and consumption are responsible for more than half of our carbon dioxide production. And, you know, that's that's amazing. I, I didn't know that myself. I knew that obviously it was a contributor, but I didn't know it was contributing that much. And it's manufacturing and consumption. And the less we buy, the less they're going to make, one would hope, except for coals. They make things we don't ask for, <laughs> like those coals minis. There's another rant. <laughs> oh, right. We'll do a whole show on that. Yeah, we will one day yeah. when it comes back and I'm really mad because they're going to bring it back we'll do a whole show on me just ranting about that um yeah I'll, my... jump, I'll jump on board with that yeah good I think everyone on Facebook's sick of me talking about that though um one my probably my favorite quote in this article is at the end and I'm going to read it out bake them a cake write them a poem give them a kiss tell them a joke but for god's sake stop trashing the planet to tell someone you care all it shows is that you don't. 
So that's like a real punch in the gut. Yeah, I love it. It's perfect. Mm-hmm. So, um, so with that all in mind, after our little ranty here about buying useless stuff that people don't necessarily need or want, now we're going to actually talk about some uh, options for alternatives. I think when it comes to kids, I mean, we still buy for our kids, obviously, and we'll go through some suggestions soon. But I think for a lot of people, just having some limits or boundaries around the amount of stuff that they buy can be really helpful. And there's one thing that I saw on the internet years ago, and it comes around every Christmas, and it's great. We still do it with our kids. And so you buy them four things for Christmas. You buy one thing they want, one thing they need, one thing to wear, and one thing to read. And it's perfect because our kids know that they get those four things. And the one thing they want, it's not there's not a price limit on that, mm. but they know that they're going to get one thing that they need. Might be something for school next year, or they might need a new pair of goggles for swimming, yeah. or something like that. That they're not necessarily, you know, going to jump on up and down on the couch and scream about how amazing it is. But that that's the go. They get something that they actually need in amongst their Christmas presents. So um, yeah. I really like that because it it's just sets a natural limit on how much stuff you buy for your for your children. Yeah, it is. It's a good, it's a nice little one. And you, if you start that early, it's it's a lovely little tradition. Mm. We tend to not buy much stuff during the year, which we talked about in Unclad the Kids episode. So my kids do get more than four presents and we do try to, most of the stuff is what they need though. So they might get like two things they want and six things they need <laughs> because I don't really, you know, I just put things off. I'm like, oh, we've got Christmas coming. They can wait for that. So the stuff that Mick was talking about yesterday for them, those are things that they they need. So my husband and I have a plan that every year for Christmas we buy something for the house that we need or we'd like to upgrade and that's kind of our gift to each other. Mm. And so it might be a new barbecue. Um, a couple of years ago, we bought a new outdoor setting because our old one was looking a little bit tired and things like that. So we try and buy a, a big house thing. So rather than buying it at a different time of year, we buy that at Christmas. And mm. then we buy one book for each other. And so to make it still a surprise, even though it's just a book, I will write down like a list of my top 20 books that I would love and he will he'll pick one off the list and go and get it so it's i still he's not going to come home with an almanac on cricketing <laughs> legends from the west indies which he would probably love to read which i have no interest in so i know that it's still going to be something that i want and something that i will read but it's a surprise i don't know what it is mm. and then you know we usually do the same the other way or sometimes he's quite relaxed and he'll say, oh, you know what I like, you just go find me something. So we'll still give each other a book. So we have something to open on Christmas Day. Yeah. But we, rather than lavishing each other with gifts, we will find something for the house that we can upgrade. Or What about you and Mick? Do you give presents to each other? Yeah, we do. We give presents. It's one of Mick's specialties actually is is surprising me with thoughtful gifts. But what he tends to do is notice things that I want or have pointed out. And at the moment, I'm a real real vintage kick. And so whenever I see something online or at a client's house and I'll say, you know, see that vintage thing there, I love that. And then if he spots one at auction later on or if he spots one in a secondhand store or something, he'll he'll grab one. And um, 
the kids and I sort of try and get together and think of things for him as well. But he's one of those guys that doesn't need anything, doesn't want much. We have also moved more into giving experiences rather than gifts. So a weekend away or a fishing trip or something like that or dinner out somewhere, we often give those gifts to each other as well. I get vouchers. You know, I give give vouchers to each other quite a lot. Oh, that's good. I love it. That leads me beautifully into the next point I was going to make and one of the sticking points I think for lots of parents with kids at school is what to get teachers and oh I feel so sorry for teachers at the end of the year and you see them walk out with a box full of coffee mugs boxes of chocolate and homemade Christmas decorations (laughs) candles hand cream and I think and um, one thing I would suggest is if you know your child's teacher well firstly ask them if there's anything they need and a lot of them will say no oh gosh you don't need to get me anything right I'm going to get you something if there's something that you need now would be the time if you don't know your teachers that well that's fine think about getting them a voucher my kids teachers I don't think any of them will listen to this between now and Christmas (laughs) uh, they're all going to get vouchers there's a really lovely coffee shop just around the corner from my kids school and a lot of their teachers will go there and pick up a takeaway coffee or pop in. They might have a meeting there after school and they'll sit there and have a hot chocolate and a cake or something like that. So my kids are giving their teachers vouchers to the coffee shop mm. so that they can use that. Idea. Oh, my God, that's really easy. They can, you know, it's 12-month expiry. They've got plenty of time to use it. Um, a friend of mine, she said she's very organised and she said she goes together with, she'll try and round up all the other parents in the class get them all to put in together and buy the teacher a voucher. So she said last year each family only put in $10, I think she said, and they bought the teacher a $250 day spa voucher. Wow. And like the teacher would be pumped with that. Like how much better is that than 12 new coffee mugs and 14 new Christmas decorations? That's awesome. So I think there are some really – there's. When you think outside the square for teachers, I think you can you can find something and you don't even have to spend a lot of money. You just find mm. something that they might use. If you know that they're a tea drinker, buy them, you know, a lovely little box of tea. That doesn't have to be expensive, but at least it's something you know that they might use. Yeah, and it's not something that's necessarily going to hang around. And it's also not something that they're going to feel guilty if they don't use Yeah, as well. You know, they can always sort of say, oh, you know, you know, Tara gave me this tea, but I don't like it. But mum likes it, so I'll give it to her. And yeah, it's a sort or of I'll a, put it in the staff room. Yeah, exactly. It's a sort of she she knows that you're not going to mind either way. I'm the whole time you're saying this, I'm just thinking about the teachers. And I've here is another way to simplify your gift giving is to simply decide not to give gifts. Because as you were talking about that, I realised I've never given my kids teachers gifts ever. I just it's just not a thing that we do, and. The kids, I think occasionally they've asked to give a gift and like, so then they've said to me, mum, I want to buy this teacher this. Can you buy it for me or can you give me some money? And it's usually something like a cherry ripe <laughs> or, you know, something something really little. And But we actually don't have the tradition of giving teachers Christmas gifts. I think we're going to talk about this, I think, next week, but... There is a whole lot that you can actually choose to opt out of. And yes. I think that sometimes we don't give ourselves permission to opt out. And that's something that I, I've i sort of 
generally been pretty good at. And, you know, by when you were talking about teachers, I just realized I opted out of that. And I can't remember whether it was conscious or unconscious, but I just opted out and it's just something, not something that I do. And I don't know if that then makes me seem selfish or anything like that. But for me, it's a whole lot less to worry about. There's at least two things that I have to worry about. In this whole discussion about buying gifts, there is actually the first choice is to just opt out altogether and see if that's an option first. And then if that's not an option, you can move through to our other suggestions, which are coming up about, you know, clutter-free gifts ideas. And I think there's a few teachers that I've spoken to in my time who get as much, if not more value out of a card or a note from the child in their class. But one of the teachers, I think it was possibly Sienna's very first teacher in the UK, said to me, I asked her, I said, look, this is our first year giving teacher gifts. What's Is there a protocol? Like, what should we get you? Do I, do I get her to bring a bottle of wine to school or would that be frowned upon by the office staff? <laughs> and um, if my five-year-old walks in with a bottle of Shiraz <laughs> under her arm, maybe not such a good look. Uh, and the teacher said, look, you know, obviously you don't have to get me anything. And she said, the one thing I do want, though, is get her, if she writes me a Christmas card, get her to say, what one thing in my class she loved the best or what one thing I did that she liked because she said that's like the best Uh, feedback for a teacher and they often don't get that feedback from kids. So my kids now when they write a Christmas card, I have to say write one thing that you think they did better than any other teacher you've had and put that in there so that they know. And so that's something if you're opting out of the gift giving, like a handmade card or just a note from mm. the child to say, thanks, Mr. X, for being my teacher. You were the best at telling stories. You yeah. know, they're going to get more value out of that than their bottle of Shiraz anyway, possibly. I think so. I would, but I don't drink wine. And do you, <laughs> before we launch into our, our suggestions, do you do standby gifts, Beck? If, you know, yeah. when people pop over before Christmas and they go, here, we got you this, and you're like, oh. Yeah, yep. I, I buy, buy chocolates. Yeah, boxes of chocolates. So when they're on sale, I grab like throughout early December and November when boxes of chocolates go like 50% off, I will go and grab a few boxes. And <laughs> this is, again, I've come, come across quite selfish in this episode. Um, But I buy chocolates that I like so that if no one turns up to, the, to be given them, then I can eat them. <laughs> Do you know so what? I do the exact it. same thing with wine. I'm like, I'm going to buy six bottles of wine, put them in those Christmassy wine bags near yep. the door so that if anyone pops over, I've got something ready. And I'll usually write on the tag, Merry Christmas, love the Tuttles, like very generic. <laughs> oh, I'm exposing all my secrets. If anyone ever gets one now, they'll know that this is this fair standby gift. But... So I don't go through my wine rack and go, oh, look, someone gave me a Chardonnay or I've got a Chardonnay here. I'll put that in there. Mm. I will go and buy six bottles of wine that I like. Um, (laughs) Possibly cross my fingers that if uh, I don't have to give out any standby gifts, I've got another six bottles of wine in my wine rack that I'm quite happy to drink. Yeah, that's like me with chocolate. Yeah, so I just buy the chocolates that I love. And so if they're still hanging around after Christmas, they're all mine. Yep, it's a gift for yourself. So we have both in our lives written clutter-free gift guides that are, is yours still available on your website, Beck? Yep, it's still there on the blog. 
You have to search yeah. for Christmas to find it, but we'll put a link in the show notes so it's easy to find because it's like from 2012. I might do a reboot. Okay. And I've got a clutter-free gift guide on my uh, website as well. So we'll put links to both of those in our page. But we thought what might be interesting is rather than going through them individually, Beck's going to have a look through mine and pick out a few of the things in my gift guide that she likes the idea of and then I'm going to do the same to hers. And then if you want the full lists, you can head to the Be Uncluttered website and click on the links and you can go and see the full guides there. But these are a few things that we like the idea of giving because there's no guilt attached people will use them mm. people will love and them, if they hopefully. don't use them it's still not going to be it's going to be less of an impact on their environment and on the world's environment that's hopefully it. and i mm. think one thing we should probably mention before we launch into this is no one in your family would want you to be going into debt to mm. get them a gift. So if you're in a financial position where you can't afford a gift, don't do it. Your family love you and they would not want to burden you with, you know, high credit yeah. card bills and paying interest for you to show them that you care. So find another way to do it. You don't always have to spend money to give gifts. Yep, yep, exactly. There's such a hangover in January for people who spend on their means to to give gifts to other people um, and other people that often don't need those gifts. And so it's, yeah, don't do it. There are lots of options. So, I mean, maybe I think there's a few free ones that we've got mentioned here in our list. So there are things that you can do for free. here's, Here's an example of one. For my son's eighth birthday, my sister in law took him to the Holden dealership in the city. And they walked around and they looked at cars and he sat in cars and she managed to talk one of the salesmen into taking him for a test drive in an HSV. And he just had a ball and they gave him a balloon from the car yard and she bought him nuggets and chips at the pub next door. And that was the most awesome present. He was beside himself with excitement. He loved it. He loved cars. Car was his first word, second word after mum, I think. And so cars was, you know, a big thing for him. And it was just, it didn't cost her anything except her time. And, you know, he remembers that and he still he still remembers that as, as being, you know, a really cool gift. That key of time, because everyone mm. is so busy and frantic, especially, you know, during the festive season. So for someone to say, look, you know, I'm going to give you a night with, you know, me. That sound, might sound a bit, you know, <laughs> narcissistic, but like undivided attention. Let's do. Let's yeah. go for a walk on the beach and watch a sunset together. Yeah. You know what a gift that would be to have someone's undivided attention for a few hours when everyone is so frantic at that time of year. So I think there's mm. lots of gifts you can give about, you know, giving your time and using ways to spend that. Um, okay, so Tara's list, here are some of my favourites from Tara's list. So Tara, in her very organised manner, has grouped hers by by type. So she's got experiences as one category of clutter-free gift and that we've talked a little bit about the, the pampering, like you said, the spa package for your friend that you were talking about earlier. But lessons or classes, like a cooking class, art cra- class, craft, dancing, surfing, horse riding, spirit making. I haven't heard of that one before, Tara. Yeah, there's there's some great distilleries that will let you go and 
blend your own gin with your own chosen botanicals and things like that. There's some really cool classes out there that you can do. I haven't heard of the spirit making one, but mm. um, you could also get a voucher for classes. So like in Adelaide, we've got the WEA where you have adult education classes and just about anything and you can actually buy vouchers for, for that. So that's another one. Um, annual passes to the zoo. That's a really good one for a family with young kids because going to the zoo is so expensive. And mm-hmm. if they have an annual pass, they can get to go a lot more than what they could afford to um, going by themselves or paying for themselves. Uh, gift cards is another clutter-free gift guide because that means that the person gets to buy what something that they need. So, you know, restaurants, cafes, like you said, um, books, grocery store, florist, garden centre. Oh, garden centre. That would excite me. <laughs> Another category that you've put down, Tara, is consumables and wine, of course, and you've got exotic tea, of course, because you can't leave tea off the list. That's it. Craft beers, uh, vegetables, herb plants and seeds, spice blends or curry pastes. I think One if you're an aspiring gave. cook, there's, yeah. some really, there's some really cool things you can buy, things that you might not find yourself in, especially if you go to markets and mm. find all unusual things that you might not get in a supermarket then you know buy them yeah. for someone and let them experiment people love them nut and snack mixes that's one of mick's favorites he gets nut mixes a lot because he loves them um and as we talked about time so time is another huge clutter free gift that you can give and it's also can be a cost-free gift so a home-cooked meal playing a board game together camping trip a day at the beach watching a sunset like you said a movie marathon how much fun are movie marathons so you can give your loved one the gift of time and i really think that the oldest and the youngest of our family members would love those gifts the most i think In between, they would prefer that you give them a gift of time by doing something for them, I think, rather than with them. (laughs) But we might get to that because there's a couple of those in my list. Um, Charitable donations is another one. So you can donate to a charity on behalf of the person that you're giving the gift to. Tell us about the the Kiva ones. So I stumbled onto Kiva a long time ago. I think, honestly, it was Oprah Winfrey discussing it on her show. And mm. I give, we give lots of Kiva cards, especially at birthdays. So it's essentially a way of giving people money, but that money has to do something good first. So you will go on to Kiva and you could buy a gift card for, say, $50. And say, I'm going to give it to you, Beck. You take your gift card for $50. You go on to Kiva and you make a loan to an aspiring entrepreneur in another country. So it might be a lady in South Sudan that's trying to start a clothing business or a retail mm-hmm. clothing business to put food on the table for her kids. And so she needs a loan to buy her first lot of clothing to start selling and making money. And so there's a period of the loan and that's all detailed on the site. So mm. it might be a 12-month loan. So she will repay your $50 in 12 months. And then you can take that $50 out and go and spend it on whatever you like. But before you get to do that, your your money does some good in the world. Mm. And quite often what we find is I will give that gift to someone and people get such a kick out. If you can search by location or by gender 
or by industry and who so you know find a loan that works and once Mm. you've given that loan people get such a kick out of it and hearing the story and the people that you've loaned money to will write a message back and say how they've gone Mm. and then quite often people will just relend that money and and the money stays in the system then and they don't necessarily but I've had friends that will go great I'm going to use this towards something once that aspiring entrepreneur have has repaid their loan I'm going to withdraw the money and put it towards something yeah. And I'm like, that's great, but it, does, yeah. it the money does way, it doesn't matter before it gets mm. spent. Yeah, yeah, it's their gift, isn't it? They can choose to do what they want with it. Yeah, I'll mm. put a link to the Kiva website on in yeah. our show notes because it's such a great, yeah, a great it's, place to. It's awesome. It's awesome, and you know they could even possibly, when they are ready to loan, they they might even be encouraged to do the same thing themselves and to get then give other. Kiva gift cards, and that just mm-hmm. pr- puts some more money into the system. So it's all good. Mm-hmm. Um, or here's another budget list that you've got, Tara. Um, washing their car. I would love to get someone. I would love someone to wash my car because it's got a label uh, stickers on it, like labeling of our branding on it. I can't take it through a traditional car wash, so it gets really grotty, and um, and I hate washing it. I washed it recently, and I thought I had done a really good job, and then once it was dry, I realized how poor a job I'd done and I was very discouraged. <laughs> I'd gone to all this effort and there's still grime all over my car. Making them a meal, home-cooked meals are really great presents. Pruning their roses, doing some gardening, being their taxi service on their next night out, that would be a real, that's a real winner, that one. Yeah, I like um, that one. Kids, another few things I liked on your list were considering giving clothes that are in the next size up, so for the following season or something like that, so... Um, bathers, PJs, dance costumes. You would appreciate those, wouldn't you, Tara? Because you spend a lot of money on dance costumes. <laughs> yeah, and <laughs> that's I think a whole that's the thing. thing. <laughs> if you if you're um if you know there's a family member whose kids do dance or play soccer or basketball or something, and you think you know each year not only are the family paying their sporting fees but also having to pay for their uniform, then mm. say, look, right, uh, next year when it's time to buy uniform. That's on me, you know. Merry mm. Christmas! I'm I'm paying for your kids' uniform for school next, or for school or for sport next year, and it's like mm. that would be a really, really helpful thing to do. Yep. The last ones I wanted to mention is giving them a gift of an experienced, such as like an event, so um, an indoor play centre, fruit picking. I like that idea, and uh, which you can definitely do a lot of in the Adelaide Hills. Indoor rock climbing, I've, de- I've chosen to highlight that one because that's one of my favourite things to do. And and last year I got the gift from Mick of a voucher for the outdoor centre to get myself a new harness and shoes because I was borrowing my friends and um, so it was lovely to get my own gear. So you can either buy them a voucher to actually go and do the, the rock climbing or the experience or buy them a voucher for the equipment needed. Theme park vouchers, um, yeah, so there's... And that's, I've only just listed a few of the things in Tara's list. So there's loads of ideas here for you. If you, when you look at the show notes, you'll find them all. Okay. And I've gone through Beck's and you've got, you've got lots of good ideas here too. I think between us, we've pretty much covered every possible yeah. gifting scenario ever. I think so too. One of my favorites that you've suggested is a babysitting voucher. And, you know, possibly you could combine it with, um, you know, buying someone a movie and dinner package. Or just say to someone, um, you know, if you on a budget and you say, look, next time you and hubby want a date night, I've got mm. the kids. 
drop yeah. them to my house, I'll bring them back in the morning, or I'll come to your place and, and you stay out. And, you know, that mm. can, a babysitter these days can easily cost you $100 for a night out. Yeah. So, you know, that's a really, it, it costs you nothing but a few hours of your time, but it can really save someone mm. else. That. Yep. And, and it also, it forces them to then go out and have a date night. So I think new mm. parents um, they really appreciate those kind of things. I love some of your, you've got charity donations and things like that in here as well. Some of your, you've got a voucher suggestion where, you know, a homemade voucher. You, I love you've got here, <laughs> I'm your slave for a day voucher <laughs> or, or your personal assistant for a day voucher. But you could Who you doesn't could make want little, one of those? Oh, like. I would Are you love giving a me that for assistant. Christmas? Oh. Can you give me that? Okay. Can you be my slave for a day back? <laughs> <laughs> it just depends. As long as I have to wash your car, probably, yes. <laughs> no, you might. Yeah, you just have to fly to Canberra to be the slave, so it might cost you. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, car de- detailing package, uh, that's quite good, especially with you with your um, my dislike. dislike of <laughs> cleaning cars. Uh, singing lessons, music lessons, music lessons, gardening service, which is good, a massage, like we said, um, iTunes gift cards, which is really good because people can spend it on music or on movies or anything mm. like that. One here that you've got listed here, which I'd love you to explain further, is an opportunity for them to meet their hero. Can you tell us oh, a bit yeah. about how you made that happen for someone? Uh, when when Mick, right, anyone who knows my family who's listening to this will know this very well, but my husband Mick is a huge AFL fan and a massive Port Adelaide fan. He's, you know, a fanatical kind of fan. And when he was turning 40, I wanted to get him a meaningful present. And I had this idea that I could see if I could pay to get one of the members of the team to come to his birthday party. And I thought it would probably be expensive, and it was. <laughs> but, you know, I I had saved the money up, and so I thought, no, it's a it's a big birthday, so I wanted to do I wanted to do it. So I saved up, and I called the club, and I spoke to their publicity person, and they um, said, sure, yep, yeah, I'm sure you can do that. And I ended up hiring Stuart Jew, who was in the it was in two thousand and four, and that was the year that Port actually won their first grand final. But it was at the start of the year, mixed birthdays in March. So um, Stuart Jew, who was injured at the time and wasn't off playing, came to Mick's fortieth birthday party, and he brought a couple of friends and he had a few beers and he stayed they said he was going to stay for an hour but he stayed a lot longer than an hour and they were really lovely and they were really fun and when he first walked in Mick was just so shocked and the guys you know Stuart's walked up to him and shaking his hand he goes oh I'm your birthday present mate and then joked about it you know not in a creepy way and Mick's like are you in the right house (laughs) have you like walked into the wrong party or something and we had to actually then say very clearly no he this is your birthday party this is your birthday present this is Stuart Jerry he is your birthday present for the night and um, once he got over the the whole I don't get it kind of thing um, he had a ball it was you know it was great fun so you know he'll never forget that and we've got photos and uh, it was yeah, it was really really good fun. So yeah, you can think outside the the square a little bit. And for me, it wasn't it was expensive to get him to come, but it wasn't out of reach. It wasn't like thousands and thousands of dollars. It was affordable for me. And so you know, sometimes you can think something might not be affordable, and uh, it turns out to be not so bad at all. One thing I love 
that you've got listed here on yours is hide a picnic lunch somewhere for the two of you and give them the GPS coordinates so that they have to find it and make them go a scenic route to get there. I love that. It's like a choose your own adventure type story. Geocaching with for food. (laughs) Yeah. I think that's really, I guess you might need someone to be guarding your picnic basket depending where you leave it. But I, yeah, I really like that. It's again, it's it's the gift of time and thought rather than something that you can wrap. Mm. And you've also got a couple of things here listed, like housekeeping or you know personal chef, whether mm. it be for a night or a week or a month or whatever you can mm. afford. You can afford. Or, mm. go, or if you're if you're good at cooking, then maybe you could say, you know, next week I'm going to drop over five meals i'm going to drop off drop mm. you you don't have to cook dinner at all next week i'm going to cook for you and your family can you imagine and like these days when we've all got enough stuff but we're all short on time yeah those kind of gifts seem a lot more thoughtful and a lot more enjoyable than mm. something that you just unwrap and pop away in a cupboard so i think that's really good so there's lots of great ideas between those lists yeah you know, you could even aim for having an entire Christmas of nothing that you wrap, you know, and everything that you get that you give is is given in a card or on a piece of paper or told to them, you know. Uh, and you could you could do that quite easily, I think, with the amount of options that are out there. Oh, I like that. We should make that a challenge. We should. Maybe next already, year since I've already say got next to year. <laughs> You're already done. Another disadvantage of going in early. And, yeah, and I've got yeah. some things as well. So I think, yeah, next year we'll, we'll try and do that as a challenge um, perhaps. Yeah, that would be good. That be, And I think if all else fails, talk to the person that you want to give something to. Chances are, you know, if it's a close friend or a family member, it's not going to be a surprise that you're buying them a gift. Ask them mm. what they need and use the word need rather than want Because if they say, oh, you know what, actually, my stick blender has just blown up. I really need a new one of those. Great. Mm. Okay, don't buy one. That's what I'm getting you for Christmas. Because people will really appreciate that um, rather than you just taking a punt on something that you think might. Yeah, that they might like and they might They might want. Mm. Yeah. And when when you give your gifts as well, you can accidentally give them a different type of clutter you can give them guilt and so I think one thing that's important when you give a gift is that you make sure that the person that you're giving it to is aware that they can do whatever they want with that gift without feeling guilty about it so if it's not useful if it doesn't suit their decorating style if they don't like it if if it sort of makes them feel funny or (laughs) whatever it is and they don't it doesn't give them any value that they feel comfortable enough passing that on and not holding on to it out of guilt so we have to be really careful when we give a gift that we only give them the gift we don't give them the burden of keeping that gift forever that is brilliantly said thank you perfect so i think that pretty much wraps it up for gift giving But next week we're going to explore Christmas a bit more and all the other stuff on the periphery other than gifts Mm. that might make you feel cluttered or have a feeling of overwhelm this Christmas and see if we can't sort you out. Yeah. Some ideas. We want you to have a happy Christmas. We don't want you to be all stressed out. So thanks for joining us. If you've enjoyed listening to this podcast, please subscribe, leave a review or rating. 
please feel free to tell your friends about us if they too would like to be uncluttered. If you'd like to connect with us, you can find us at beuncluttered.com.au or via Facebook and Instagram or on our personal pages at clearspace.net.au and basklifecoaching.com.